That ESPN Morning Show, Get Up, today did a report on how Juju Smith-Schuster's puppy escapes from its cage. It had a video provided by Juju Smith-Schuster. Now that is cutting edge. It ensures a big ratings jump for Get Up. It also promulgates Juju Smith-Schuster's quest to be the biggest attention whore in history. Not to be critical. The NHL finally released the playoff schedule. Well, for game one anyway. And it's going to be the Penguins and Capitals tomorrow night at D.C. I was expecting Saturday, but that's okay. Let's get this sucker going. But the bad news is Malkin and Haglin are both out for game one. Malkin will make the trip and Haglin will not. That's not good. This is the Mark Madden Show. If I had a dime for every time I turned on the radio and heard somebody better than me, I would have zero dimes. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you could do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. We talked a lot about this series yesterday. There are certainly no secrets between the two teams. They went 2-2 two and two in the regular season. They have met three times in the playoffs during the era of Crosby and Ovechkin, and the Penguins have won in seven, six, and seven games. It's a close matchup. I don't like the Capitals' defense. Brooks Orpik is 37, and he's still playing top four minutes. Carlson is excellent, but Orloff and Niskanen are ordinary. The Penguins will get chances against Washington, and let's see if Braden Holtby can cope in goal. With Malkin out, the Caps have more firepower than the Penguins. It's close, but they do. The Pens have to contain Ovi. Latang has to match up against Ovi. Mike Sullivan, the coach, he's not necessarily fond of manipulating matchups, but Latang has to be out there against Ovi. I'll speak more on that a bit later. If the Penguins can minimize Ovi, hold him to two or three goals in the series maybe, and no multiple goal games, then the Penguins should win this series with or without Geno. I know, I know, the Penguins always beat the Caps. But I'm not a big believer that last year carries over to this year, let alone that, say, 1992 has anything to do with anything. The Caps are less entitled this year. Expectations are lower this year. I bet they feel pretty good about their chances heading into this series. But can the Capitals stop Sidney Crosby or even contain Sidney Crosby? I mentioned before that I would match up with Tang with Ovi. But I can't think of any plan the Caps can use to thwart Sid. Sid is kind of immune to matchups. The best plan probably is to make Sid play against your number one line, so in theory, he has to play more defense. But what usually happens is Sid has the puck all the time, and your number one line has to play more defense. Like I said yesterday, Sid's the best player in hockey, still. It took him all a one playoff series to remind 
the higher uh, the entire hockey world, and he made it pretty obvious. In the meantime, we got a game seven tonight, Boston and Toronto. I'd like to see Toronto win because Bruins fans are mostly jerks. So go Leafs go. Meantime, we got the NFL draft. The Post Gazette published two mock drafts today by their football writers, Ed Bouchette and Ray Fittipaldo. Ed says the Steelers will take Leighton Vander Esch, the inside backer from Boise State. That's a great name, Leighton Vander Esch. Sounds like an impressionist painter. Uh, Fittipaldo says the Steelers will take Rashawn Evans, the inside backer from Alabama. That's a good name too, Rashawn Evans. It sounds just like an inside backer from Alabama. Uh, Each also predicts the other guy's pick will go before the Steelers select. Either of them guys would be a good fit. I do think the Steelers will take the best athlete available. I just bet that athlete happens to be an inside backer. And then I want to see him take a running back in the second round. Because this crap with Lev Bell has gone on long enough and definitely can't go on past this year. But mostly today we're going to talk about the pens and caps at 4.30. We got Mike Rupp from the NHL Network. And at 5.30 from DKPittsburghSports.com, we have Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. The last time the pens and caps met was April 1 at Pittsburgh. You may remember that game got pretty frisky. The Russians were fighting, Malkin and Kuznetsov. Gino got thrown out and said he was trying to send a message. Hornquist was also trying to send a message, it looked like, because Hornquist scrapped with, like, every single capital. Uh, I think this series will be physical, but I don't think it'll be fraught by shenanigans, by overtly dirty play. It'll be tough, uh, but not criminal. Then again, maybe Matt Niskanen will try and take Sid's head off again. Special teams will be paramount, cliched but true, like Jason Mackey mentioned in the Post-Gazette, every game in the series with the Flyers was decided by who won the special teams battle on the night. Attrition will be huge, too. Being without Malkin and Haglund will be crippling, and the longer those two are out, the more it's going to hurt. Uh, by the way, we've been talking about the Penguins' injuries, but Borakovsky is out for the Caps. And T.J. Oshie did not skate today for Washington, although Barry Trotz, the Caps coach, you remember him, the guy with no neck. Trotz says Oshie is fine. Oshie does well against Pittsburgh, 19 points in 22 career games. So it's the Pens and Caps again, same as it ever was, same as it ever was. Enjoy Game 7 tonight between Toronto and Boston. And then it's going to be game one tomorrow at D.C. The Capitals, by the way, are 8-2 and two all time in game ones against Pittsburgh. So if the Penguins win tomorrow, it almost wouldn't feel right. That would be okay, though. I hope they do anyway. 412-333-9939. We got Rupper at 430. We got Dejan at 530. And we got the best hockey talking time all afternoon and you can hear it only on the home of the Penguins, the X at 105.9. And 
now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey, super genius, big, big fan. See, you're just screwing with me. You're doing a good job, but you're just screwing with me, right? The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, 412-333-9939. Here's an interesting tidbit. In Las Vegas, the Capitals were favored over the Penguins as of yesterday. But now today, the Pens are favored. So between yesterday and today, a lot of money got bet on the Penguins. I love the NHL playoffs, and I can't wait for Game 7 tonight. As mentioned, I'm rooting for Toronto because I don't like Boston. And I'm supporting the good brother, Ron Hainsey. But you know what the NHL should do to tweak the playoffs? And the purists will hate this idea. Absolutely hate it. But the NHL should take nine teams from each conference. Not eight, but nine from each conference. Top three in each division. Three wild cards. And the numbers 8 and 9 seeds play one game to get into the playoffs proper. It's just like the baseball playoffs. You would start the playoffs with that Game 7 drama, and that would be a terrific jump start to the postseason. Your thoughts on that, Dow 412-333-WXDX. If you're just tuning in, Evgeny Malkin and Carl Hagel will not play in Game 1 tomorrow at D.C., Some fans want to reorganize the lines totally in their absence, and that's a bad idea, and it's not going to happen. you got to leave Sid, Gensel, and Hornquist together. Really, you want as much continuity as possible. Today at practice, the Sid line was intact. Dominic Simone got plugged in with Shane and Kessel. Broussard, Sherry, and Russ stayed intact. And then the fourth line was Zach, Aston, Reese, Rowney and Kuhnhockel. Sully likes Simone more than I do, and he likes Zach Aston Reese less than I do. The Penguins have so much playoff experience that without Gino and Haglin, it won't crush them mentally at all. They won last year without Latang, and they know that winning can be done any variety of ways. So this group won't get the boo boo face. The Sid line just has to keep scoring. And maybe Broussard adds to that playoff rep. I have a real good feeling about Broussard in this series against the Capitals. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Let's go to Larry in Green Tree. Larry, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mr. Madden. How are you? What's up, Larry? I got two points. One, uh, I, I agree with you. I think Broussard has to bring his game up to a different level. I mean, he wasn't bad against Philly. I mean, he had a, a goal, and that line worked well together, but I, especially with Malkin out, I think he's got to take it up a couple notches. With Malkin out, it would help if Broussard produced a little bit more. Uh, that said, I thought he played uh, excellent in the Philadelphia series. I thought he played a, a, a tremendous 200-foot game, which, above all else, is what the Penguins demand of their centers. Yeah, that's true. Let me ask you one other thing. Um, would you Bring in Hunwick for game one. Would I? Yes, but they're not going to. Yeah, me too. I, me too, and I know he's not going to do it either, game one. He's now, now let, give- let me tell you one side effect of bringing Hunwick back in. I'm assuming they would put Hunwick on the left and move Alexiak right, and Ruiz would be out of the lineup, right? 
Right, and that's Alexiak. Well, then you have Alexiak on the same side as Alex Ovechkin. And how would Alexiak match up against him? Certainly he'd have the size and strength. Right. Would he have the speed? Could he keep up? Uh, I, you know, with his stick being on the inside of the rink, would that serve him better or worse? So that that would be a conversation to have if they were going to bring Hunwick in, but there's absolutely no sign they intend to do that. Uh, I think they need to match Latang up against Ovechkin as much as possible. What say you? Yeah, I agree. Like the whole game, just tell Latang that's his mission right there is to stick on him, especially on the power play. And, uh, I think I think the Tang's going to have a good series. I think he needs to, and I'll talk extensively at four o'clock about my notion that Latang should match up against Ovechkin as much as possible. But uh, a big part of it is strength. I think Ovechkin would overwhelm Schultz and Ruedel physically, just size and strength. He wouldn't be able to do that to Chris Latang. Leaves the line open, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Marianne in Natrona Heights. Marianne, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. Hey, Marianne. Could you explain to me in detail, if you can, what is the advantage of home ice? In, In theory, in theory, you know, you're going to know the boards better. You're going to know the ice better. You're going to sleep in your own bed. You're going to have a short drive to the rink as opposed to a plane flight? Are you going okay. to have the support of the crowd? It's all a bunch of little things that add up, but they, they didn't add up for either of these teams uh, in the first round because right. the Penguins and Caps were combined 6-0 and on the road in the first round, and they were 2-4 and at home in the first round. So is home ice advantage overrated? Yeah, maybe it is overrated a, a little bit, but wouldn't you still like to have it? You know what? Because of how the you know we won away with the Flyers, I just don't understand. Like I said, the logic of wanting home ice, except these little you know reasons you gave. Well, they're not necessarily because... so little, Marianne, and they 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 do add up. Do they? Okay. Yeah. So so you're telling me then that um, a rink is not. The same away. Well, they're all 200 by 85 foot, but the boards could have a different give, a different bounce off them. There could be dead spots in the boards that the home team will understand. I mean, that that sounds minute, and really it it is minute, Marianne, but it's just you want to play at home. You you just do. Thank you for the call. Marianne wants me to come up with road ice advantage, and based on the first round with these two teams, maybe that is a thing. I certainly hope it is tomorrow night at D.C. Let's go to Dan in the van. Dan, you're on with Double M. Double M, big fan, big fan. What up? I agree about Latang, but I think Dumoulin has done a good job on Ovechkin and other big-name guys in the past. No, no, he hasn't, Dan, because what side of the rink does Dumoulin play on? Uh, the left side. Yep, what side of the rink does Ovechkin play on? The right side. Well, his left, the Penguins' right. So if Dumoulin has done a great job against Ovi in the past, and certainly he's contributed, but he would have to skate diagonally across the rink to do it. I think he's good enough to do that. You're trying to save the best of a stupid situation, aren't you, Dan? Sort of, yes. Well done. Thank you for the call. 
412-333-9939, the number to call. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan's heart was in the right place. His, his compass just wasn't working. Uh, Dumoulin's had a great season. In fact, you could make the argument that Dumoulin has been the Penguins' best defensive defenseman this season, and I might back you up on that, although the top four, Latang, Mata, Dumoulin, and Schultz, you know, uh, at worst, they, some of them have been inconsistent. But overall, as a group, they've been sublime. And one thing I'd like to see Sully do, in addition to Latang against Obi, I'd like to see him lean on the top four a little bit more than he has. But he likes to use six. He really does. I just, I worry about Ruedel out there with Ovechkin. I think that's a great matchup for the Caps and a terrible one for the Penguins. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Rupper, or Ruffer, as I've heard him called, at 430. How about, I want to ask Rupper about Game 7s in advance of the Boston and Toronto Game 7 tonight. When Rupper scored the Stanley Cup winning goal in 2003, it was a Game 7, and it was his first uh, playoff goal ever. Wow. So, I don't know if Rupper handled the pressure per se, or maybe got lucky, but he knows what it's like out there. That's Mike Rupp at 430 here on the X. This is Carl Hagelin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Got a tweet from Nikki, who says, what's the overrun on how many people will ask about bringing up Sprong on today's show? Well, so far... Uh, it's a zero, but maybe maybe your tweet will preclude an avalanche. Uh, I'd had Sprong up here quite some time ago. But now that Hornquist is playing with Sid, that was why you needed Sprong. If you weren't going to play Hornquist with Sid, nobody else had really worked on that right wing with Crosby, so I would have brought Sprong up, uh, like I said, a while back. But uh, I think if even somebody else got injured, they'd call up JSDA first. You you know, I just, they don't want him to play in the National Hockey League right now. 412-333-9939. Enjoyable Champions League game on TV right now. Bayern won, Madrid won. If Liverpool could hold on to their three-goal edge in next week's Lake 2 at uh, Rome, then they play the winner of this. Let's go to Jack in the car. Jack, you're on with Double M. Mr. Madden, love the show. Thanks. Hey, question for you. Do you think uh, Matt Murray can uh, beat the uh, Capitals, like kind of like similar that uh, Flurry did last year? I think Matt Murray could beat the Capitals similar to how Matt Murray did in 2016. Awesome. I, I mean, why? Do you, do you doubt Murray? It sounds like you do. Well, I I I just don't think I I'm, I'm pretty much a, fan, a flurry fan, but I, I just think I um, would have never guessed. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, well, I'm hoping he does. I just think um, it kind of like the flurry, the, the the Murray backup thing was a uh, was a good uh, double whammy. But uh, we'll just have to see. The who's, situation who's the with Murray and Flurry on the same team these past two years was unique, and exists with no team in the NHL right now. And it will never happen. Well, never is a long time, but uh, it ain't going to happen with the Penguins anytime soon. Nope. That's for Once sure. But it's 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 important. Uh, thank you for the call, Jack. It's important for people to remember 
that the last two times the clock hit three zeros and the Penguins won the Stanley Cup, Matt Murray was in goal for both those games. Not Marc-Andre Fleury, Matt Murray. Let's go to John in the car. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, big fan. Hello. Hi, John. Hey, I got a question about the face-off circle. I was always wondering about this. Uh, when the referee throws one player out, what, what's going on there? He throws a pl- he throws the center out when he either tries to come in too soon before the drop of the puck, or a winger uh, comes in from the circle. And, 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 like, cheats toward the draw. So it, the center could cheat, the winger could cheat, but in any event, the center's the guy who gets thrown out of the circle and replaced by somebody else. Now, if the center gets warned, there's some there's something where the center can get warned and then get, get a penalty, and that happened. Remember, Columbus got that penalty, and the Penguins got a power play and scored a big goal against the Jackets in the regular season game, but I've given you the nuts and bolts right there. Let's go to Brooks in Boston. Brooks, you're on with these super genius. Hey, super genius. How's it going? Good. Uh, so I had a question. Second power play, I feel like we have a uh, some review on Simone. Is there a reason why you think Rust isn't on that power play? Yeah, because he can't finish. But I feel like he's a guy that can, you know, go in the corner and get the pucks. And yep, Simone can't finish. Really, that's, has Simone proven that he could finish? He, apparently they think he's a better bet than Rust to finish. And yeah, Rusty well, has some I mean, other Rusty has other duties that you know get him extra ice time. Maybe they think that's the best place to. I don't want to say hide Simone, but I don't think it's unreasonable that he plays there. Yeah, no, I just I just always thought that maybe you know Rust shows that you know big game prowess that he might be able to score some big goals on that second power play. Yeah, you've noticed that it that he like misses a lot of chances too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm a big Rusty fan. If he could finish, they'd build a statue of him outside the arena. Because he can do everything else. I mean, the skating, the forechecking, he's amazing. But I have no problem with that. Uh, There are often hidden reasons why a guy's not involved with the power play, or the PK for that matter. People always say, why don't Sid and Gino kill penalties? And I'll say, there have been some situations I would have had them do that, and still would. But the reason they don't is, especially in Sid's case, he would lay out, he'd block shots, and you don't want him getting hurt killing a penalty. You don't want to get him hurt, period. But killing a penalty is something that somebody else can do. So that's why Sid doesn't do it. You don't want to put him at that much risk. Somebody said, it, this was one of the Penguin announcers, one of the four guys. Five if you kind of get soft. But, but one of them was saying, boy, why is it Broussard on the first power play ever? Why is he on the second? Well, Broussard won the first power play, and I'm talking if Malkin were healthy, then you would have Broussard, Malkin, and Sid all on a power play, and they're the top three centers. And then the second power play, well, who's going to take the draws? And who's going to take the next shift after the power play if, I mean, Riley Shane's a choice too, but, you know, it just you don't want to have three of your four centers on the same power play unit. Let's go to Brad in Indiana. Brad, you're on with Double M. Come on, Mark. How are you? What up? Yeah, I just wanted to bring up earlier, I heard you say about Aston Reese, and you think uh, Sullivan doesn't like him as much as you. And I agree. 
Uh, When I say like, I don't mean, you know, personally. I think Sully thinks Aston Reese has a ton of potential. Uh, Like, you know, if you want to use the word like in its proper context, they don't like Daniel Sprong. That is a touch personal from what I hear. But no, I just, I would be using Reese more than Simone now. I would trust Reese on the third line more than Simone right now. That's what I agree. Just because if you remember in the regular season before he got hurt, he was he was on what a four game goal streak, I believe. He was scoring some goals, yes. And then uh, I think another thing to shut down Ovi. If you remember last year, Game Seven, uh, Dumoulin put a pretty big hit on him. I think that's how you got to be. You got to be physical with him. That's a tough call, Brad. Uh, sometimes when you put a big hit on a guy like that, you wake him up. I think it depends on yeah, the situation. I think early on, first period, if you can get a lick in, go ahead and do it. But in like the second period, let's say he's having a crap game. Just let him keep having a crap game. I mean, you know, play the body as per playing defense. But sometimes you don't want to wake a guy like that up. This would be extremely interesting if it went to a game seven again, which, by the way, I fully expect. You'd be back in Washington. The crowd would be waiting for the Capitals to lose. The Capitals, in some ways, would be waiting for the Capitals to lose. That game last year, I mean, uh, Flurry made his share of tough saves, no question. But the Capitals didn't have the Penguins under siege a ton. And Rusty scored. He should be on the power play, as that guy just said. Rusty scored. And then Horny scored on that floating backhand, which admittedly he, he got rid of quickly. But that was such an odd game. And then the building's dead silent at the end. I, if it was a game seven there... That would be that would be one Sigmund Freud should get a media pass to. Because I think he'd like to check out what's going on with those people. Let's go to Dan in Tampa. Dan, you're only super genius. Hey Mark. Um, I just wanted to talk about some of the points that are being heard on like the national shows and kind of get your thoughts on it. The first thing is Okay, first everyone... off, on what national shows are they talking about hockey? Well, I guess I guess they just call it the NHL network. Okay, go ahead. So anyways, um, they're saying this is a different a different cast team this year. Well, obviously that's true, but I don't think they're any more dangerous this year than they were the last two years we played them. So I don't I don't really think that's an advantage for Washington. And the second thing is, oh well, this is a different team mentally. You know, there's no pressure on that. For me, I'm thinking, how do you face your fan base losing to the defending cup champs two years or three years in a row in the second round, and let the Penguins get the, at least a split? in games one and two without Malkin and Washington. Well, you act like you think it would be embarrassing to lose the Penguins time and again while they're winning Stanley Cups. I mean, when does that... Frustrating, yes. Embarrassing, no. Yeah, I mean, it's just at some point the team's got to do something, so the pressure's always on them. You see, I think the expectations aren't as big for the Capitals this year. I think they're they're probably looser because of that, but, but when... You say the national media is saying the Capitals are a better team this year than last? That's just not true. I agree with you, and that's what I'm saying. I think they think because they didn't put up 120 points that they're more in tune to beat the Penguins this year. And I just that they that they didn't that hit logic. that they didn't hit the high gear during the regular season, so they might during the playoffs, right? Well, I mean, I guess that's true, and especially because they just won four straight after losing the first two at home. Oh no, but no, I no! Think... I, I let me tell you, they're not as good this year as last. I don't I care agree. what the points were. I don't care what the national experts say. And by the way, that panel of experts on the NHL Network, for everyone that's very knowledgeable, like Rupper, there's at least two that are utter morons. Hello, Brian Lawton. And uh, I look at Justin Williams not being there, Carl Alsner not being there. 
Nate Schmidt that went to Vegas, it's really taken a toll on their defense, the guys they lost since last year. Last year they had a strong six. This year they have a strong three. I mean, it depends. Do you trust Orloff? You know, I I, I, I think Orpic. I mean, he's playing top four minutes. I think he's too old to play top four minutes. Sorry, oh, but that's just how it is. Carlson's really good. No question about that, but Niski? I mean, what if Niski's your second-best defenseman? Because he might be there, and he never was Pittsburgh's second-best defenseman, and that's when they weren't winning here. I don't know. I think the Caps are a real good team, and they could win this series, especially if Geno and Hagelin are out for the balance. But uh, if this goes seven, the Penguins win. What the Penguins need to do without Geno is just nickel-dime enough wins to get to the point and I, I would never predict the Capitals will implode, but they have before and they might again. And I'd like to test that. You know, I'd like to get the seven games and see how they react to that. And, and, and in the seventh game, would you ever bet against Sidney Crosby? I forget who it was. It might have been Mike Rupp today on, on Twitter. Tonight in game seven between the Bruins and Maple Leafs. The Bruins have more depth. But depth doesn't matter in Game 7. The big boys have to come out and perform. And I agree with that. It's going to be, what does Bergeron do? What does Marchand do? What does Austin Matthews do? And Marner and uh, and Nylander. I think it's going to be a great game tonight. And I, I think if the Penguins can get it to the big boy phase, Ovi's pretty big. Sid is bigger. 412-333-9939. Pitt basketball has made a decision that will... We'll, we'll make the program a lot better. I'll tell you what that is in a few minutes. I'm not sure if I could could get my sarcasm through on the T's. I just want to, there's some sarcasm in there somewhere that I maybe failed to to really get over. And we got Rupper next hour. We want to keep talking about Penguins and Caps. You know, here's a pretty basic question. Can they beat Washington without Malkin? Are you scared? Because they're playing Washington without Malkin. And who knows when he'll be back. I, people are taking optimism that he's making the trip. I heard game two might not be till Sunday. And if it's not, they'll come back home between Thursday and Sunday. So basically he's going down there to watch the game. I mean, we knew he wasn't a body cast. I'm assuming that Haggy is concussed. If he's not traveling, if it was like a if it was a shoulder injury, don't you think he'd go watch the game? in person, be with the team. But since he isn't traveling, I would assume he's concussed. Makai wrote yesterday, well, with upper body injuries, if it was a concussion, they've always been honest about that. Well, maybe they're not now. Because I'm pretty sure Horny was concussed too when he was out. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, Let's take a quick call. Big Z, let's not make him hold. Big Z, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M, how you doing? Good. Um, so I just was just wanted to reiterate, and I know you said this all along as well. I think it's now interesting for people that doubted trading Cole as to why we got Broussard, because it's never been more important now to have a Derek Broussard. No question. Right this moment. No, you're right. And they got Broussard for two reasons. One was if they wanted to hang on to the notion of Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel on separate lines, then Kessel right. could play with Broussard. But... It was just as much, if not more so, 
because if you lose Sinner Gino, you have to have a guy who can pass for second-line center. Impressard doesn't just pass for second-line center. That's what he's been basically his whole career. And Shane is more of a fourth-line center, but he can be a third-line center. And he seems to click just well enough with Kessel, doesn't he? He does. And, of course, I, mean, I wouldn't want Shane as a second-line center, but you're absolutely right. Broussard is a second-line center, and frankly, I think you know what he's done in the playoffs in his history tells you everything you need to know about what Derek Broussard can do. So, for those of the people that don't, for those people that don't understand the trade, they should examine the trade now because Ian Cole's out. We have Broussard. We're in, and I wish all those people could just for now understand the reasoning behind that trade. They don't, but thank you for the call. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. This is the Mark Madden Show. I can't wait to get this series started. The NFL draft I can wait for. Why are they doing it Thursday night? They used to have the draft on Saturday, right? The NFL wants to be everywhere all the time. And and I keep saying, this draft, this whole process is, it isn't meaningless. But to act like you know how these players are going to make the jump from college to the pros is absurd. Case in point, about half the first round turns out to be a bust every year, if not for the short term, then for the long term. Think of all the quarterbacks. All, all we're talking about is the quarterbacks getting taken in the first round, right? Look at all the quarterbacks that have just turned out to be crap. Like Ryan Leaf going second overall. That Jamarcus Russell, he went... I think he went first overall, didn't he? And the minute he got to the league, you could tell that he sucked. The minute Ryan Leaf got to the league, you could tell that he sucked. And you're thinking with Ryan Leaf, okay, now this guy sucks. Why in the frig did he go second overall? Jamarcus Russell, 2007, first overall. And you could tell right away he stunk. Amazing. They like to pretend... It's an exact science. It isn't. I'm Mark Madden, 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, I wanted to ask why my cat talks in her sleep. Cats are weird. One time my cat didn't eat for three weeks. I didn't feed her. The X at 105.9. As mentioned, the Caps have home ice for the series against the Penguins. But consider this, both teams were 2-4 and four at home in the first round combined and 6-0 and oh on the road. Although, as I mentioned earlier also, the Penguins have won 9 out of 10 playoff series against the Capitals. But the Capitals have won the first game of the series 8 times. So if the Penguins uh, win tomorrow night at D.C., that could be taken as a bad omen. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Pitt is flipping the court at the Peterson Event Center. So the Oakland Zoo will be on TV. They'll be opposite the hard camera and not the luxury suites. This is long overdue and will turn Pitt men's basketball into a top 10 program overnight, I think. Uh, Pitt is also going to build a new arena for wrestling 
volleyball and track. I believe those are uh, staged at the old field house, which is still there. And this new arena would seat 3K. Someday that could be the basketball arena, also seating 3K. That's all they need if they don't turn this thing around, and the sooner the better. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the Oklahoma quarterback, will not be at the NFL draft tomorrow night and will not do any live shots from wherever it is he is at. Won't do any live shots for ESPN. That's odd because Baker Mayfield, uh, this guy dug a hole, some think, by always being visible. And now when it makes sense to be visible, he won't be. I still can't believe if, if the bronze pick Baker Mayfield with the first pick overall, that would dumbfound me. A 6-1 quarterback with a sketchy reputation, first overall. That would be so Browns, but I'd go with Barkley. And if you're not going to go with Barkley, you'd have to go with Darnold. I think Darnold is the best of the quarterbacks, the most fundamentally sound, the most to like about him. But they are the Browns, so who knows how that will play out. I'm getting a lot of uh, feedback on Twitter, and it's all negative, about my idea to start the NHL playoffs by taking an extra wild card at each conference and having the bottom two wild cards play to get into the best of sevens. My favorite time of year for baseball, well, aside when the Pirates clinch a losing record, my favorite time in the year for baseball are those wild card games. You get the game seven feel right off the bat. I think to the casual fan, that sucks them into wanting to continue to watch baseball after watching those two playoff games. I think that's great. I think it would work with hockey too. But hockey would never do that because the traditionalists wouldn't allow it. There used to be some funky formats in the NHL back when. One year the NHL had, let me see if I get this right. They had either seven or eight teams. This is before they lost a couple franchises and became the original six for like a million years. And here was their playoff format. They took six teams in the playoffs out of whatever it was, seven or eight total. They took six of those teams in the playoffs. Three played four, best of three. Five played six, best of three. The winners of those series played each other. And yeah, I know what you're thinking. It would be better to finish you know, fifth and it would be third. Actually, the best spot you could finish would be fifth because we'd be playing the worst team that makes the playoffs. And while that's going on, one would play two in a best of seven. And the winner of one versus two in the mini tournament, three through six, play in the Stanley Cup final. And they thought that made sense. Now, when the league went the original six teams... You'd think they couldn't screw that up. They did. You know what? This It was always four out of six make the playoffs, right? Semifinals and finals. What do you think the first round matchup was? 
one versus three and two versus four. So it's better to finish second than it is first. But that's how they did it for years and years. And even when they expanded to 12 and then 14 teams, for a while, and I forget how long, they would still do one versus three and two versus four in the first round. Like, you know, the East would have one, three, two, four, and the West would have one, three, two, four. Then division finals and Stanley Cup final. Nuts, right? They did it for years, and nobody batted an eye. Let's go to Tim on 79. Tim, you're on with Double M. Okay. Yeah, Mark. Uh, can't wait for the out. Your phone's just terrible. Goodbye. Up next, there is one thing I think Mike Sullivan needs to do tactically to give the Penguins an edge over Washington. I'll tell you what that is in 30 seconds. 105.90X.